Today I have the pleasure of speaking with Tasia Valencia, who most of you may know from her work in video games, animation, with a great sense of humor, but I go back way further than some of the people that are listening to this, all the way to a little movie that was called Rappin', co-starring Mario Van Peoples and Eric LaSalle. Tasia, how are you today? I'm delighted to be with you, and also um, entranced with the fact that you actually uh, watched that movie. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I back. Then, come on, back then it was rapping, breaking one and two, uh, Beat Street, nice. Crush Groove. You know, that's when uh, hip hop was, was in the golden era. Yeah, that's true. It was the, it was the early, early, early days, and uh, it was uh, very funny to be a part of it. And at the same time, you know, I'm, I I remember laughing because uh, I was on I was on all my children at the time, uh, soap opera, and I got the movie and I left to go do the movie and I came back and I was like oh my gosh this is going to be either really really good or really really bad and of course it, it was both really really bad but it was yeah it was so bad that it right. was good yes that's, that's how I like to think about it and it, it, it was it was one of those things that I think it was voted from uh, the Siskel and Ebert that year as one of the top five worst movies, and I laugh. <laughs> yes, but see, see, we thought Mario Van Peebles was a bad rapper, and then they gave Charles Grant the mic, and then we found out what a bad rapper oh. was. So. <laughs> yeah, but then I, even, I, don't forget, I rapped at the end myself, so it, right. was, it was bad upon bad upon bad, So, but but fun, and, right. and, if you, and if you're absolutely in the mood for like a silly... Um, bad movie, um, that would be one of the great ones to, to watch. It is a cult classic. Do not knock it. I mean, there's you, Kadeem Hardison, you know, Ice T's in the movie. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. oh, yeah, some great, they had some actually <laughs> great rappers. And, and the, Eric LaSalle, who was mm-hmm. not well known then, became nope. more well known than all of us, except for Mario. Right. Um, he was a brilliant actor. <laughs> and, you know, you're a voice actress now. You work as the Shenzhou computer on Discovery. We did make mention in the pre-interview that you were also a, uh, a, a Vulcan, I'm sorry, on Star Trek before. You also voiced Star Wars stuff. There's got to be some contention there between the fan base. Um, I don't know. I just have to think that because I'm in the stars mm-hmm. that, I'm, that I'm loved by all because, you know, there is a lot of crossover. There are the Trekkie fans right. and there are the Star Wars fans and because I do play um, Shaq T and the Clone Wars right. and um, I was just in uh, actually Star Wars Resistance. There's yeah. a really cool character, uh, Vanessa Doza. And so, yeah, I, I, I would like to think that if, since it is Valentine's that we're recording this, Mm-hmm. It's all about love, so we have to find the, the, the middle ground of, of uh, how how both can get along. Right, especially in the in the sci-fi era, you know, and uh, sci-fi being you know bigger than ever, really. Yes, it keeps growing. Yeah. I, I think again, the, the world reach and all the crossover, and everyone being able to to talk to each other, and I'm always blown away by the details that people go into when they love something and they know the genre and I'm, I'm blown away the the knowledge base that is so expansive far beyond especially you know Star Wars where they you know the chapter and the set the sentence and the you know the time period and that didn't it blows me away but I think it's a it's a wonderful use of social media when we connect with each other to share our, our passions that way 
Right. Phil Lamar had mentioned when he met some fans, uh, some zealous fans that just loved his work that he's like, you have to remind me sometimes about what episode and what season you're talking about because we only record it once, but you watch it multiple times. You know, how often does that happen to you? You know, where people are like, oh my God, in like scene seven of this game from 2004 and you're like i recorded that in 2002 it didn't get released till 2004 <laughs> remind me again which which one yes. this was well it's kind of that's that's probably one of the things i worry most about the podcast is like oh uh i don't remember and it's like <laughs> you've just ruined someone's day it's like right. you just trashed their life because they they had invested so much of their love in it and you're like uh it's not that i don't care it's just i don't Remember, because I didn't invest myself so much uh, in that. But funny enough, you know, Bill Lamar is one of my favorite actors, too. And we did a series that I don't know if you know called Ozzy and Drix. Yes. Yeah, I remember Ozzy and Drix. Yeah, he was great (laughs) in that. That was a great, fun show about a a boy living inside of a boy's body. And I got to play a a cop who happened to be an amino acid (laughs) at the same time. A rare, a rare combination. Just big German-fested <laughs> fun. Yeah, I don't know about that one, but it's a, we lived inside of a boy's body. Right. Anyway, oh, the germ-infested. That's yeah. right. It was a lot of the germs. Yeah. Right? I thought you meant German-infested. No, no, no germs. I don't get that. No, we're. <laughs> That's a reference point. Yeah. Germ-infested. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. makes more sense. I should I should enunciate more, you know, since. <laughs> Well, if you're becoming a voice actor, that's definitely a criteria, a very right. important part of it, which it sounds like you're doing doing that too, which is phenomenal. Well, well I am. You know, I got a spot this afternoon that I'll be recording, so that's the most I can say about it, but I'm excited. You know, I'm excited to talk to you because that's you sit wonderful. there and you were, you know, you, you've been nominated for a Daytime Emmy Award. You know, you transitioned from television and film to, to voiceover. You're a mother on top of it. Yeah, you've done so much in this life, and now you're poking your fun at yourself a little bit with that, you know, not only with your TEDx talk, but that Valentine's Day promo that you did for it, where we should all talk to each other. You know, how did that promo come about? Uh, In my crazy little head, uh, I've been, (laughs) I've been, um, created this platform called Give Great Voice over the last three or four years where I realized that, you know, this passion of mine to to give great voice to all my roles and that's basically my instrument since I've been an actress and a voice of artist for 35 years that uh, the same principles that make me a really good actor have also helped me in my real life, you know, yeah. that I, in order to be a mom, in order to be a wife, in order to be uh, a friend and a daughter and a sister that, you know, how we speak and communicate to our the people we love the most uh, is determined by how we give or not give great voice. So I, I started teaching my voiceover actors this principle of thinking like a voiceover actor even in your own lives to play the other roles because we are so all multifaceted. And so I created this platform and then I uh, started teaching it and at the same time, um, you know, I think we approach... Uh, give great voice in different ways and I think humor is another way to, to share my passion you know I, I, the TED Talks which was a very meaningful way to express this idea of, of confident verbal communication and then I thought you know let's make fun of myself too because that's <laughs> I can utilize my skills as a voiceover artist to be a cheesy 
a TV announcer, a la 1-800, and also uh, still convey the message that we need to call each other. Like for Valentine's Day, right? we get chocolates and we get flowers, perhaps, and we get like a texted emoji. But how often are we calling our beloveds anymore or using our voices? We're, we're, we're using our digits much more than our voices. So my, my battle cry is, you know, let's use our voices and if I can convey it in a fun, humorful way, uh, that's, that's my passion now. So I'm making these little 1-800 videos that are kind of cheesy and fun to, uh, to, to share the love. Well, it is fun and I'm thrilled that we don't all sound like robocalls at this point. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But that's, that's, you know, the idea is that, I mean, how often does your phone ring when it's not a robocall? Right. I mean, it's, it's a, it, it's becoming so antiquated and almost like assertive to call someone as opposed to texting them. And that, that's some, you know, I grew up in the day and age when you made a phone call to call right. somebody hello. And, you know, now it's like, uh, it's like, oh my God, you're calling me. What do you want? Did something, right. did something happen? No. No, I wanted to say hi and I was thinking of you and I love you. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Are you sure? You know, <laughs> so, you know, my, my passion is like, no, we got to use our voices. And, right. um, because we, that's, that's really the way we connect. That's really the most, unless it's, of course, in person, even better. Of but course. if you can't, uh, you know, the, your voice is the most wonderful way you can connect. And I, I think we're, we're kind of uh, losing that. Yeah. Well, when texting first started, I, I remember if I got more than three text messages, I'd call them and I'm like, really, just have a conversation with me. I don't need more, you know, check my phone every 10 seconds. And now when somebody right. calls, it's like, what happened? Did some, did somebody die? Is everybody okay? Was there a car accident? Is, you exactly. know, the house burned down? Right. But, but you know, my passion for uh, give great voices, like, to change that before the, you know, the Titanic is turned where it's beyond repair. <laughs> so, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a lofty goal and I don't know that, uh, how far I'll get with it, but it's like, uh, you know, it's my passion now and it's my mission to, to, to bring that awareness through the lens of, of being a voiceover actor, which I think, you know, everyone gets what that is now. Right. Everyone didn't get it maybe 12 or 15 years ago what it was. So. Right. I, I really want to encourage people to say, you know, what we, we don't have to completely give into this paradigm of, um, you know, texting as our main version of communication. We still, uh, can make a call and texting is great for like the factual quick stuff. Right. But if it's intimacy, such as Valentine's Day, I love you, said with heartfelt emotion mm-hmm. and kindness is so much greater than I heart you, right? And right. And uh, that's, 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 I share that in the TEDx talk, and, and it's really something that is perfect to keep talking about today. As you can hear, I'm, I'm not going to stop talking about it because I'm totally overwhelmingly impassioned uh, by it, so you'll have to say, stop! Right. Now. Well, if only you got paid by the word. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? Yeah. <laughs> you know, thank God. Thank God my profession is to speak. Otherwise, I'd, I'd, I'd explode because I, I, I do love to talk so much and my poor family can't take it. <laughs> well, <laughs> They're like, go, do do your thing. Get away. Right. Well, how did the TED Doc come about? That was, again, it was kind of a metamorphosis of uh, the last few years of teaching and getting uh, workshops on giving great voice, this notion of, of being a voiceover actor in your own life. Um, 
so you can play your personal and professional roles more successfully. Um, and so this was this concept that I've been teaching, and I thought, well, it'd be wonderful instead of just teaching it to groups of 10 or, you know, individuals, if I could get it to the world. And I loved watching TED Talks, and I'm always inspired by the good ones, and I thought, well, wouldn't it be awesome if I could do one? And that was seven years ago when I kind of put it out to the universe, and seven years later, I finally got to do one. So, uh, and as much as that seems like, whoa, that's so long. I'm really grateful that it was because I had, you know, much more wisdom to imbue in it than I would have seven years ago. Right. And your kids are are grown now, so they didn't have to be sitting there nagging you while you were preparing. You know, mom, help me with the homework. Mom, make me a sandwich. Mom, do this. Mom, do that. Right. Well, they're teenagers, so now I have to go to them and say, get off your phone. I want to see you. I want to talk to you. So, no, yeah, it definitely, they definitely freed me up, but it's, of course, again, the same the same issue is that we're all a little bit too attached to our phones and we yeah. have to remind ourselves to literally come together now. So, yeah, it was great on one hand that I did have the time, but it's definitely part of why I did the TEDx talk, which is, again, you know, that I that I think sometimes we, we take for granted our relationships, but they, they, they need to be nurtured with, with communion and conversation. So definitely something that's uh, in the talk. Now, I imagine since you're a mother of three, when you when your children were little, it was a little more fun with story time because you could create the voices and change them up for them and bring the characters more to life than just a straight read that, you know, we learned in school. It's like, all right, and on page three, this happened over <laughs> here, and, you know, and then you show them the picture and that's the end of it. Right. I definitely was a good storyteller as a kid. And I mean, I, when they were kids, and I, I definitely enjoyed, you know, chewing the furniture as it was. And they, they really enjoyed it. They loved it. But they, they, they're, you know, funny enough, my son is a video gamer, but not any of the video games that I am in. He, you know, he's an Overwatch fan, so he's like, yeah. he's very nonplussed by any of my work. He's like, yeah, nice, Mom. <laughs> but he doesn't, he doesn't really, like, think that it's, it's the end all be all to be. Right. Any of the characters I play. Right. And then you look at him and go, listen, you little so-and-so, if it wasn't for that Star Wars game, you wouldn't be able to play this one. Oh, well, that's right. <laughs> that's right. I came before. That's Sniper Wolf, you know. She, 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 respect, please. Right. Poison Ivy. Exactly. How do you think that you got to, you know, you got to do all the things you yeah. do? But no, but they, they're great. They're great kids, but they're, you know, they're definitely, I, I love the fact that they're not really impressed by it. It's like a big point in anything your parent does is not, right. it's, it's already uncool just by the time you're a, a teenager because, you know, and the only thing that makes me a little cool is when their friends think I'm cool. Right. Otherwise, <laughs> I'm, I'm in the uncool category. Right. Well, what I, what I do when people ask me what I do for a living, and since I'm starting, as you know, I'm getting into the voice acting thing, if I don't really want them to, excuse me if I don't want to divulge too much I just sit there and go I stand in the closet and talk to myself all day oh and, and that, see that, that, that's like probably stops them right what the reaction is right They're, they have no idea how to react to that you know so uh, right, I can understand the kids not thinking that if you're cool yes yes I definitely am in the closet and I come out of the closet but I go back in the closet so yeah it's a, it's a strange world but it it works yeah. Well, you said you said you teach. Do you teach online courses? Do you teach at a specific school? Do do certain students come to your house? Like you're more advanced students. Like what's the setup for your teaching? 
So thankfully, because of technology, um, I do have students all around the world that I Skype with for, you know, BO, and um, I teach locally at this wonderful place in Los Angeles called Real Voice LA, and they're fantastic because they, it's this wonderful small school, but they have every kind of VO teacher, and unlike a lot of VO places where you have to kind of commit to a six-week program, you could do a one one class and just kind of dip your toe in, and this super cool dude, Mike DeLay, owns it, and he's just created this community of of support for voiceover actors and they make demos too but it's kind of a a great way if you ever wanted to experience it even if you're not in los angeles all the classes are streamed so i'm teaching i teach animation classes there primarily um because that's what people you know i teach everything but whatever people you know what do you want to hear what do you want what do you want to teach animation so okay great i'll teach animation so my next class there is march 2nd Okay. And even if you're not in Los Angeles and you want to kind of see the world of VO learning, you can really stream it. And I think it's just 20 bucks or something, so it's very reasonable, and you can and you can do that with any of the classes. So, um, yeah, the, the virtual world is definitely making uh, what used to be much more localized uh, worldly. So I have private students, and, and I even have newbies sometimes if they want to, you know, pay for a private, and I just kind of lay the foundation for them. It's it's a delight, and then kind of send them on their way if they want to go explore elsewhere. It's something that um, I think everybody should have the opportunity to take an improv class and maybe a voiceover class in their life, along with singing. Anything that right. helps them to feel more confident in using their voice as an instrument right. and feeling that. And then, and the joy of voiceover is is that you can be really childlike, which I don't think we give you know ourselves enough permission to do in our real world. Except when you're in this world, I think that's why people are so attracted to animation, and because it allows our inner child to come out and play, and I think that's really healthy. Right, and that's with uh, RealVoiceLA.com. That's their website, correct? Yes, yeah. RealVoiceLA. So I want to encourage anybody to come t- take my class. You want to take a commercial class? They have. A, I mean, there's other great schools. It just happens to be one that I love because a I teach there, and b I love how they structure it where you can stream it and see a three-hour class and kind of play along at home so that you're not bound, you know, if you feel like, oh, my God, I'm so far away, I don't know how to do this, you can kind of dip your toe or your lip into that world and see if it, you know, resonates with you. Right. Well, makes sense. And, yeah, I know that you teach there now, and I know Katie Lee teaches there, and a few other voice actors that that I know are, mm-hmm. are prof- it's professionally run. So you're in good company. Great. Thank you. Yeah, I feel very fortunate to be there. And now you're, you know, I have a hard time believing you're a New Yorker because you haven't mentioned that you're from New York once in this conversation. What was it like Uh, making that transition from New York to coming to LA? Oh, I am a proud New Yorker. It's always in there. It's just like it doesn't, you know, it only comes out if I have to to make it. Um, But uh, but I want to just reference before going to New York. I do give give great voice workshops too so the acting is like kind of a more in the acting scope and then if it's for like corporations and people that need to teach or lawyers or doctors or want to like kind of get their vocal skills meaning their confident communication skills that's something i also teach with private so that's the cool thing is that i'm taking the same things i teach to voiceover actors and now i'm teaching it to non-voiceover actors so they can play their roles better, being a mom, being a voiceover, I mean, a lawyer and a teacher and, a, you know, everyone, we all play roles, right? We're all, right. we don't think of it as playing, but, but we do. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to share that because I often forget that 
that's what I do. And I, I always think that people, you know, might be only interested in the voiceover aspect, but if anyone needs the confident verbal communication, that's my passion to share that as well. Now, back to New York. Love growing up in New York was like an incredible opportunity to be uh, raised in a way that was way too much too early, but um, <laughs> it served me because I, I, I was, you know, professionally acting at 15, and uh, then after I was on All My Children for three years, I decided if I wasn't going to be on a soap opera or Broadway, that I should come out to L.A., um, and I, I do call myself a softened New Yorker. Um, because, you know, beautiful la-la factor of L.A. Right. But once a New Yorker, kind of always a New Yorker. Very direct, very straightforward, very, you know, like, uh, don't mess around kind of a, <laughs> right. a communication. And, and as you can tell, I'm, I'm pretty direct. How about you? Are you a New York-based? Is no, New York I'm originally from San Francisco. I'm Orange County-based. Ah, so, okay. So you understand the la-la factor. And, I do. And you know. wonderful sunshine and makes us a little uh a little flighty sometimes yeah yes 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 there's a a saying that new yorkers say you know f you f you and in la they say i'll call you right you know new york you know exactly where you stand right in la it's like um did you mean you're gonna call me or was, was that real or are you was that like a you kind of thing. <laughs> right. San, San Francisco used to be like that, too, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just interesting. Like, colder weather, people that come from colder weather cities are a little more uh, straightforward and to the point because they don't want to freeze to death having a casual conversation with somebody they don't like. Yeah, I think uh, there's something to that. I think it's probably, you, you, you know what, you, you, know, you were hardier yeah. because the weather, you know, you have to, like, just survive. And, and in L.A., you're like, you know, what do you mean it's 50 degrees? That's, that's right. cold. You know, it just makes you, <laughs> I think it just makes you hardier when you're like, uh, when you're coming up against the forces of nature right. uh, more often. It just makes you a little bit more thick-skinned, literally and figuratively. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I have a friend in New Jersey. I just sent her a uh, Peanuts cartoon where Sally's complaining about the cold weather and how she wasn't made for it. I'm like, it's 68 degrees out here and I had to put on socks. And it's just like, really? That's what you're going to complain about? Right. <laughs> exactly. I think that, that there is something to be said that we, we, we're very blessed with the weather here, yeah. but it makes us like uh, complacent and a right. little bit like uh, like whiny. I'm cold. Right. <laughs> now, now somebody in Norway is going to be listening to this and go, really? You're complaining about 68 degrees? Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, you know, I actually have a half brother and a half sister who live in Norway, and I'm oh. looking forward to going out there to visit with them, but only in August when... <laughs> The sun actually, the sun is supposed to shine, you know, in right. July or August where, you know, it's uh, cold and rainy a good deal of the year. So, yes, of course, it's all relative, right? <laughs> so we're, we, we, we appreciate what we have, but then when we don't have it, we appreciate it that much more. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, you've been married for a while, and I want to bring this up because when you started dating your husband, caller ID was just coming out. And it was an extra feature on uh, on the phone lines. Were you able to to play a little bit while dating? You know, uh, test out new voices on them. You know, answer the phone as somebody else. You know, the, these sort of things. Because you know, because let, let's be honest, caller ID killed the Jerky Boys career. And for somebody that was born in the year two thousand, are now googling the Jerky Boys. But you know, prank calls used right. to be a big thing when we were kids. So, like, how did that affect you with voice acting and testing out new voices on people that called the house? 
Well, that's funny because it's not so much my husband that I do that, but as a child, I pranked called with my girlfriends early on. You know, gentle ones, but I was, when I had a girlfriend and we sounded almost identical, but I had a little bit more of a sexy sound in my voice. So whenever we got to that point where it was going to be something like, you know, a little silly, before we jumped off the phone, I was the one who was going to say, like, what are you wearing right now? Hang up! <laughs> I was kind of, te- I kind of had it in my mind very early that I would be using my voice. And I used to love, you know, when I was a kid, the white zone is for unloading your packages <laughs> only. No parking. Right. I mean, these were the things that, I mean, you'll probably hear that over and over <laughs> again, that voiceover actors are attracted to repeating right. uh, what other people say because they're, they're so drawn to it. And of course, I, you know, I was on camera acting too. So, I don't know if it really helped with my my husband. I'll tell the, the funny story with my husband was the first time he ever heard me on a promo for ABC. Uh, he, he came with me because back then, you know, we didn't do it all from home. Right. Back then, you had to go into every hour studio that you were. Right. So I went in. I said, "Honey, I got a last little promo. Can you come with me?" And it was a you know it was a sexy read for ABC. Uh, it was like you know coming up on ABC. <laughs> and so I finished it, and he said, "Wow." How come you don't talk to me like that? I said, honey, how come you don't pay me? I'm going to do it. <laughs> talk off a little extra money and I'm, pick up the clothes, baby, and do the dishes, please. Right? So he, he, he enjoyed that one because I, it was a little bit of a, uh, I, I didn't even think about you know, the fact that I was doing it because he doesn't usually see what I do. And so right. he, he referenced that. But we, he, he's wonderful and I do try to remember to, you give great voice to my husband because that's the people that we need to give it to at the most and sometimes we take our family for granted because we can so it's good to remember that and we are all guilty of that unfortunately yes we are including myself but i think that's the whole idea of the four questions of giving great voice becomes um you know the the voiceover actor says and, and again we're all voiceover actors now who am I in the scene of my life? Who am I speaking to? What do I want? And how does my voice support that intention? So if we really think a little bit consciously before we are going to talk to our mates or talk to our kids or talk to our parents, what do I really want for this conversation versus like being just reactive of like, he's going to say something and I'm going to react or I'm in a bad mood and I'm going to snap. If we think, okay, I love my spouse and he's left his clothes on the floor yet again. Um, but he's going to leave the house. How do I want him to leave the house? Mad? Annoyed? Well, I don't think about it most of the time. I just say, pick up your clothes. Or, Why didn't you do that? Or what have you done? And then, but I, when I, if I want to be thoughtful about it, I'm like, well, how do I want this conversation to end? Um, it would be like, hey, hon, can you pick up your clothes when you have a chance? <clears throat> that would be uh, the better intention. And that's the idea. Same thing when you go into an interview. Well, even for you. Mm-hmm. Here you are, you're a wonderful interviewer. Thank you. And you know that you're a wonderful guest, so that's yeah. even better. Well, thank you. See, but that's that's we're in we're in conversation now. We're giving each other great voice. Yeah. You mentioned that you've had guests uh, or a guest, you know, when where they weren't giving anything back, and that makes for a very challenging conversation, <laughs> to say the least. That is the that's understatement of the 21st century. Right, <laughs> but in all conversations and we, we we still do have to have conversations we still you know have to play the role of the courageous confident candidate to get the job i mean at this point i don't think you can totally get a job just from tweeting or texting or emailing right um you need to have 
uh, the ability to give great voice, which is, which I talked about in the TEDx talk, how to play the courageous, confident candidate. You have to have those qualities that they're looking for. And part of that is enthusiasm and trustworthiness and confidence. That all comes through how you stand, how you present yourself, and through your voice. And how do you... Encouraging people to learn. Well, how do you allow yourself to play? Because we're in a society where you know they tell they send us to school to learn how to communicate, and the first thing they tell us is to sit down and be quiet. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that, right. was, that, that was all of education. Statement. Well, yes, and especially boys. It's yeah. awful that they have you sit in your seats all day uh, when our our bodies were made to move. Mm-hmm. And um, it, and and then we're literally clamped down and told over and over again, no, uh, you can't. And I I can't speak to. I know that you know certain schools are finally getting it, but it's right. like like turning the Titanic. It's really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I would say that uh, in terms of your own time, these creative outlets of taking classes of uh, you know communicating. Uh, and playfully exploring whatever it is your passions are, to be playful is a great way <clears throat> to offset it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a great way at least to offset it. And because you can take classes all around the world now, um, anybody can, you know, to explore their voices in this way and, and use their time. You can be a teenager and take classes. You can be a kid and take classes. I mean, there's, there's no limitations except, you know, uh, raising a little bit of money and, and, and figuring out how you can enjoy your playfulness through your voice um, through this world medium of uh, voiceover classes all around the world now. So that's one way. I mean, I know it's, it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't fix the problem, but it's certainly an outlet of give great voice. Make a silly video. I mean, that's the thing. Everyone makes video nowadays. It's yeah. pretty easy. My little video that I made, I, you know, I just did that with my assistant, with my camera, and she edited together. It used to be that these things would cost thousands of dollars and you need professional people but 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 isn't youtube comprised of incredibly creative people making videos all day long now so it's yeah that's a really great creative outlet make a video make a video with all your funny voices what is it america's got talent that that lovely fellow i forgot what his name is but he went all the way to the um finals and he was a voiceover artist but mostly a hidden voiceover artist in his closet yeah didn't really make a living at it and then he went all the way so yeah, use your voice. Damn. <laughs> well, I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday who, uh, he, pl- you know, growing up he played music and he plays the saxophone. And he has what some people would consider a very mundane job, but his creative outlet is playing music. You are a creative person for your career. What is your outlet to wind down from the work day you know do you do something mundane whereas people that do a mundane job now have a creative outlet like how does a creative person like you unwind from being creative oh that's hysterical (laughs) i don't know that i ever unwind well you know i did actually uh i do love to exercise so that i am a pretty high strung person and that definitely helps me and i i actually Love to meditate, uh, not even necessarily quietly, although I do try, um, but, you know, with guided meditation. And I was fortunate enough to actually get a chance to create an affirmation meditation called Haven, uh, which is free, completely free. And sometimes I will sit and listen to myself 
and say kind things to myself in my meditation. So that is so I can kind of zen out and there's a lot of beautiful breathing. But that's something I definitely like to offer your listeners that uh, part of getting great voice is how do we give it to ourselves? Because it's really hard to go out into the world to play our roles if we're not first kind to ourselves. Hmm. And that is something I can offer as a tool that uh, Haven, the Affirmation Meditation app, is something that uh, you can sit and do for five minutes, ten minutes, they're all ten minutes long, and they're masteries of confidence and stress reduction and leadership, and it's all relaxing, soothing meditation, kind of in the vein of calm and headspace, but um, I co-wrote and voiced each one, and it's, a, it's my, my gift to the world. So I, I zen out with my own um, voice and try to be kind to myself, and then, uh, you know, I listen to audiobooks, uh, to learn, I'm always trying to learn and uh, do the dishes at the same time. So I, I, I'm not like left to just like do dishes and be like, why am I here doing the dishes? I'm like, okay, I'm learning something. So I'm definitely one who uh, tends to to need to keep my mind active and or uh, relaxed through a, a channel of relaxation. And then I then I just exhaust myself and I throw myself in a bed. <laughs> but, my, but my kids keep me pretty active too I mean I'm still a soccer mom and I drive them around so it's, there's always something to be done but creatively speaking I, I do love to uh, to make but I also remember I make these videos so I mean that's the thing it's like I, with giving great voice now I mean that they're blogging creating videos uh, or or making content and then when I really just want to like self-reflect and kind of go into my own space and regenerate so that's when I do the meditation and the exercise and now Haven is spelled the traditional way H-A-V-E-N yeah Haven okay. Guided Affirmations it's, it looks like a little pink lighthouse and it's completely free on Android and Apple and it's um, something that I would love to encourage you guys to uh, to listen to and use as I kind of I call it a be kind to your mind app because so so there's so much anxiety in the world right now and we're so on overload with too much you know information overload to begin with and a lot of it negative right um, so to have a space to be kind and also you know I call it speaking the language of self love. Which is a foreign language to a lot of people. It, it very much is, especially this day and age with the twenty-four hour news cycle that's looking for the shock and awe factor and everything. Right, and then we get drawn into it, and then we feel horrible, and then we don't know why we feel horrible because mm-hmm. we're taking it in, and, um, and then we say, you know, the world is bad, and I'm bad, and everything's bad, and then that that just continues that energy. So, haven is like really a haven where you can go and just. Breathe in some deep and listen to my soothing voice walk you through a lovely meditation and then say kind things to yourself. And that kind of, you know, rejuvenates you and also supports your ability, again, to to uh, to be your best selves in the world. I like that. And you're turning on the meditation voice, too, so that's even better. Yes. <laughs> you know, ironically, ironically, because, again, I like to be transparent. I created this. I wrote it. Uh, I wrote it with my friend. Uh, the app developers made this beautiful app, and then they sent me the first version. And I was horrified because I realized that in terms of my intention, I was a little too energetic coming out of the gate, talking about all the great things about how we're going to be better, and then going into the meditation. I was like, right. ah, no! And I had to go back and re-record all of them because I realized my soothing intention, which is 
again, it's not always the words we say, but how we say them mm-hmm. to create the energy. And that was one of the reasons I wanted to make an affirmation meditation was because I listen to a lot of meditations and I'm like, oh, I love the message, but the messenger is hurting my ears. And I'm like a dog. I'm not much more sensitive to what you know. <laughs> So, you know, if the, if the meditation is great but in terms of the words, but the, the you know, the person right. saying them is not really saying it in a, it really hard, yeah. So that was another gift to be able to make that. So it, uh, But it was, again, a learning curve of my own. Here I thought I had it down, and I got to listen to it with the music, and I had to redo it. So we're, we're always, you know, I'm a, I'm a student and I'm a teacher. I'm a master and I'm a beginner. So it's uh, just a matter of... Uh, being humble enough to like say, okay, let's go back and make it right and get better. I like that. We all are on this journey. Okay, I'm going to put this to a test real quick. So you find your zen and you find your calm spot. But you've also picked on your husband numerous times for leaving his clothes on the floor. How do you find your zen after you've noticed for the umpteenth time after X years of marriage that he continues to leave his clothes on the floor? And a follow-up question that all men should hear the answer to is, which drives you crazier, when he leaves his clothes on the floor in the middle of the bedroom or on the floor next to the hamper? (laughs) This is a universal question. I got it. I hope I don't get it wrong. Because I, I think we all... We all know this from both sides, right? The ones uh-huh. who are like, I didn't realize I loved it, honey, and kids just stick it up and not, you know. And with me, it's like, if you loved me, you wouldn't leave your socks on the floor. If you loved me, because I've asked you thousands of times just to simply walk into the closet and take, and whether you would do, right, that, that is the manipulation that I have used. And the Zen. The Zen uh, has not come yet, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to be completely transparent. It's, all that's come is the apologies afterwards if I have a discoriated. And, 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 and in the moments when I'm at my best and I recognize he's overwhelmed and tired and just isn't doing it to be mean, but simply because he just doesn't remember I I absolutely just um hold on one second. I'm gonna the it's okay, a robocall coming. Probably a robocall. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Because you know what? Because it's on my home phone, which I don't even have a a, a machine for anymore. Because I only call. I only use it to have a landline <laughs> in case of an earthquake. Right. Case um, of emergency. But uh, that's right. That's right. Um. What I what I do is I just simply pick up the socks and I and and. And, and do it myself. I mean, because I, you know, that that is where the compassion and the awareness is that so much of what we do is not meant to. So when I'm at my best, I just take care of it. And when I'm at my worst, I yell at him and then I, I apologize later. So uh, which one bothers me more? I would probably go with right next to the hamper simply based on the fact that you were that close. <laughs> Close, but you couldn't make it in. Right. So that that is the long-winded. I, I hope that helps me. No, that out does. There and, uh, <laughs> uh, which, which camp do you fall into? Out of, out of curiosity, I if I'm going to put it that close to the hamper, it's going straight in. You know, 
but I'll probably pick it up in the like if if I just got home from a screening or from one of these award shows and it's like eleven thirty at night. Luckily, you know, I I'm single, so I can you know I know where the socks are where I left them. Right. Yeah, right. But like, yeah, and, I, and, and when you're single, yeah. you whoever you're with is not going to say anything because they want to get to the point where they, you know, that that comes later when you know each other really right. well and you're not, you're no longer trying to put your best foot forward. Right, <laughs> right. Like, that's when you're like, I, I, I'm stuck with you now. I can be my 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 whole self. Right, right. <laughs> so so I don't have to deal with that much. And, Exactly. Is anyone bothering you about it? Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, if I got home, like, late at night, like, 11, 30, 12, whatever, uh, I'll just leave them, you know, I'll literally just take everything off, put my pajamas on, get in bed, and in the morning, I'll pick everything up and put it in the hamper. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's good, though, because yeah. you're the only, it, 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 as long as it doesn't annoy you, then you're, then you're set, right? Right. <laughs> it's more about, it's more about, you know, thinking about what's going to annoy um uh, that you that you care about, but right. you know. This but is if I what, if I got home, communication coming. <laughs> Absolutely, but if I got home at like three in the afternoon and just who cares, and put my pajamas on, then I'd just be walking around the room getting annoyed and like, really, why did I just leave this here? I could have put it over there already. Right, you could be your own worst enemy. Yes, <laughs> yeah, no. you could but, be your own critic. But. Right, yeah. Now. Did the kids pick up his habits of leaving their clothes everywhere, or did they pick up your habits and put everything away right away? Um, no, I don't want to <laughs> come off as the perfect uh, <laughs> person, because sometimes when I, yeah, I just yelled at them, and I'm secretly picking up the clothes behind my back as I walk out of the room and say, remember that, you know, or I leave my hat somewhere. So right. I, I'm not, and I'm totally... <laughs> And I own my stuff that sometimes I'm in the middle of yelling and realizing that I, too, have done the same. So, Or I've left my dishes in the sink when I begged them to put them in the dishwasher. So, right. you know, I'm not above – I am not perfect. But, um, I, you know, it's funny. They all come out differently. I have one very fastidious uh, twin. My, I have twin boy girls, uh, 16, and then a younger daughter. And I would say one is more fastidious than I am, and the other two are both less fastidious is a nice way I could say it. So it's a, it's a, it's a definite like, oh, can't you be more like her in that moment? And then of course the, the can't you be like them in the other moment? So, you know, it's, it, it's all, life is messy and we all have to just do our best. But um, certainly, uh, again, it's keeping our cool and remembering what's important helps to uh, kind of mollify the little nagging that you know is inherent in being in being a mom so i'm i'm always trying to say to my kids i'll be better and i'm sorry and but at the same time you know pick up your clown <laughs> and do that do what you're supposed to do so it's a, it's a dance well with with it being a dance and you know like you said giving great voice is also a dance because it's not just the message it's the way you present the message are you multilingual by any mm-hmm. chance are there you know, are there things that you want to do possibly for an international market in a different language, whether bring on people that speak those languages or you speak them yourself? Oh, I love that. Nobody's ever asked me that question. That's a very interesting. I unfortunately am not multilingual. Um, I'm, I'm multi um, accented. I'm mm-hmm. multi accented and I can do very, very little with an accent and right there. But no, mm-hmm. definitely not uh, able to. But I, I'm hoping as, you know, the workshops grow 
and you know the vernacular of who, who did I give great voice to today becomes more known. Uh, that yeah, the workshops could go all over the world in different languages because it's the same guiding principles of of good verbal communication and and how I how I teach it versus other you know great teachers of this kind of a thing. So yes, it's a it's a wonderful notion and you know check back with me in five years and hopefully I can tell you. I have wonderful teachers, and they're all teaching this in these different countries, and and the world is better for it. I like that. Well, like sometimes I'll watch international commercials, and I'll hear the voiceover and like the passion that's there, and then you come to find out it mm-hmm. was like a beer commercial, and I'm like, it sounded like they were selling a car, you know, like when Maurice LaMarche does the Lexus read, right, or or when right. you know other people are doing that, and like it, the voice doesn't necessarily match the the images of the ad, so I'm more intrigued when that happens. Because it's like mm-hmm. this romantic and passionate voice, and then there's a soccer game going on, and it's a beer commercial, and I'm like, I am so lost here, but completely intrigued. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I'm part of this really cool uh, marketing group, TVA uh, trailer voiceover artists, and we have international voiceover artists in the group, and we share our different trailers and promos together and whenever I watch one of theirs I'm like oh, that sounds so good I wish I knew what he was saying right. it's so good so I'm, uh, I'm literally experiencing that now or sometimes you know watching a uh, you know a foreign film it's wonderful you know you get, you get the you, you have the words there which is great because it does help but then there's so many beautiful languages or you know cacophonous ones that you're like wow he said all that with those four you know sounds that's just amazing so yeah, different languages are awesome to uh, to grow our uh, awareness, and also when you can just turn the volume down and still get what's happening. That's a you know that's another right. whole aspect to a great movie. Absolutely, like my mom's from Beirut, so yeah, I speak the Lebanese Ooh. dialect of Arabic. My father was from Iran, and you know he was an ethno-religious wow. minority from Iran, so I speak Aramaic because that was my father's parent language. And so, like, my dream would be to be Simon Baz, the Lebanese Green Lantern, because, like, I understand what it's like being a first-generation-born American, you know, to an ethno-religious minority family that had to deal with all the racism on top of it. So, like, when Jeff Johns created the character, I was like, oh, that's my life, you know, except minus, you know, the whole car uh, car thief thing. But, you know, so, like, that's my dream role in voiceover. Well, let you know what you put it out to the world, and uh, you never know that that could happen because I mean, there's manifestations. That is the creation of manifestation: is to name it and own it and claim it. So, I wish that for you. Thank you. I think it's great that you speak. Multi languages are fantastic things. It's great for the brain, and it's just great for you know again the gift of language and to to uh, to be able to communicate in 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 more fluid and expansive ways. So, I'm all for it. Well, you know, I mean, it's it's a big market, and the world's getting smaller, even though we think it's getting bigger. Yes, it's getting smaller because you know, you don't know who's now just heard you and needs a voiceover artist in one of those languages. Right. So <laughs> <laughs> you might be getting a call. Right. We need someone just like that. Right? Yeah. So absolutely, yeah. And then you can throw on your New York accent again, you know, and bring that all full circle. That's right. It was been wonderful talking to you. And maybe it's time for me to go now before, right. you know, they're, they're ready for, they've already cut off the, the talk and they're done. Of course. So they always say, leave them wanting more. And I don't know that I've actually done that. Oh, you <laughs> but, you definitely have. But I have I have one last question about the accent thing. And when my dad was alive, my dad had lost his accent until he got mad at me for getting, 
you know, what we'd call an Iranian F, which was like an A minus. So, oh no, yeah. So his accent would come out when, oh yeah, well, he was an engineer. So his accent would come out when he'd get mad at me. So I'd get in more trouble Mm -hmm. because now I'm laughing that the, at his accent coming out that he, that he somehow lost for work. When you get mad at Mm -hmm. your kids, does your New York accent come out? Yes. I mean, my not so much the New York, but the New York attitude of, you know, the New York like, what are you doing? You know, it's not even, it's like accent as much as like, it's the, you know, yelling in New York and I'm Italian and I'm Jewish and I have some Latin, so I had all this fire, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I grew up with that was just like, you know, woven into the uh, vernacular of being yelled at in one way or another all day long. <laughs> so, so I just didn't, I, you know, when I do it, my kids are like, I don't really let, you know, it's funny because of course they, they're always letting me know, like, that's not giving great voice mom, is it? Is it? <laughs> is that giving great voice mom? So that they call me out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, really? Did I, was my tone too harsh? And it's like, I'm, you know, it's still something that I, I'm, I, 30 years later, 35 years later, it's that kind of a New York way to be that, doesn't uh, doesn't jive so it's more it's more the attitude i'm a little sharp i'm a little sarcastic i'm a little like edgy that you know they don't appreciate so uh that's what i'm always trying to soften and breathe and remind myself that that's not that is not going to get the effect that uh, i want so uh, always a learning opportunity absolutely learning opportunity. gotta love it where can we find you on your website social media uh, where can we find great give voice? Uh, you give great voice, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, it's pretty self-explanatory in terms of Tasia Valenza. You can find me Instagram and YouTube and Twitter and Facebook, um, everything but the chat. I don't Snapchat, but uh, but I'm over there in Tasia Valenza and um, and LinkedIn. Even uh, sometimes for business, I do that, and then also um, give great voice has its own website that kind of links back. So there's, that's uh, that's also on Instagram. I don't really push a lot of that in, in that regard. But between Teachable Lens and Give Great Voice, you will find me. The TED Talk is called Give Great Voice, The Remarkable Power of Tone and Intent. And it's really fun. I do bring Poison Ivy up, and I do share, you know, that my background as a voice of artist. And it's a really... It's a really accessible talk that I think anybody can take something from. So it would, and it's my passion to share it. So if you like it, please watch it, comment, and share it because it uh, it really is a feel good uh, and kind of like a mini give great voice workshop that I I I think you'll find some value out of. I love it. Uh, thank you so much for talking to me today. It's been a pleasure. Hopefully with you having been poison ivy so many times that you have your own garden and you have a green thumb on top of all of that. And if not, just the irony of that yeah. itself is funny. So. Yes, it is. And actually, I, I, I have a video on my post today from my garden. So that's funny that you should say that. So go check out the Valentine post. Oh, actually, it won't be on Valentine's Day out. But, but there, uh, I was just uh, filming from my garden yesterday. And I'm not really green thumbs, but I don't kill them. So it's kind of neutral. I get some help, so... Um, but, uh, but, but, uh, but I, but I do love plants so much and I do love poison ivy for the fact that she is the champion of nature and we need champions of nature right now because it's, we're really, you know, we're really hurting nature a lot. So yes, let's, let's, let's give props to poison ivy and I will leave you with, it's been so nice giving great voice to you. Perfect. Thank you so very much for today.